Hello, everyone. This is Jody Flynn of Women Taking the Lead. And in this episode, I'm talking with Kim Langers about leading from within, the difference we can make from within an organization. I think especially after the year we've just had, it can be easy to feel like, you know, we're at the whim of our circumstances and there is not much we can do to make a difference. But the reality is there are opportunities to make a difference, to make change, to make an impact. We have to look for the opportunities. And I really hope you enjoy this because I want you to know there is always an opportunity for you to make a difference. Well, I'm creating the culture. Uh, so have, being in a position of power comes with great responsibility. And we have to use that to create the workplace that we are leading. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Women Taking the Lead podcast. I am here with Kim Langers, COO of Rastigar Property Company, who is responsible for overseeing and coordinating the activities of the asset management and development team, marketing, technology, business strategy, and operations, along with helping Rastigar achieve its business goals. She is also instrumental in fostering the growth of the company and building a team that takes it to the next level. Previously, she held the regional operations manager post at Herbalife Nutrition and was dedicated to improving distributor and preferred member experience in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and the Caribbean. And before that, Kimberly supervised manufacturing for Coca-Cola and production for Merle Norm Cosmetics. Goodness, Kimberly, you've had quite a journey and you are doing a lot in yes. your current role. <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> so that's just a little bit about you, like a 10,000 foot version of who you are in the world. So for me and for the listeners, tell us a little bit more about you and what you're up to in the world. Well, uh, I've been in my current role for almost two years. I started last year and I've been working on creating teams, uh, setting up processes uh, in the real estate industry, which I, I did a drastic career change from supply chain management. I had been in that role for 18 years. Uh, two third of that was uh, in various management roles. And I shifted, I paused that and I shifted into uh, real estate in Austin, Texas. What had you do that shift? Because that's not a natural like, oh, I'm in production and manufacturing. Like, I think I'll do real estate or maybe that is how it happened. Well, it was, you know, uh, a dynamic CEO here at uh, Ari Rastigar. He's, uh, he's, he just gave me this opportunity. We, we were in discussions and I saw a great opportunity in, in real estate in, in, in Austin to do something different. You know, this is kind of an old school business. And uh, he, he's trying to do something that I like to do, which is incorporate technology, systems, diversity 
into a industry that traditionally is uh, more, you know, uh, not too modern. To, to say. Yes. <laughs> when I think commercial real estate and, and God, I do have commercial real estate agents and brokers in my life who I truly love. But when I think of the industry of commercial real estate, I don't think diversity. And that leads me to my next question, because even though your bio um, talks about all the different roles that you're playing at Rastigar, there's a particular role um, that I'm definitely interested in that you're doing there, which is helping to create a culture of diversity and inclusion. Tell me and tell our the listeners about that. Uh, correct. So... When I started, uh, you know, I'm a big believer of uh, training, hiring, and promoting diversity. Uh, and, I, and I am this way because of the companies I came from, which uh, trained me that way. And uh, I just worked for a lot of great people that uh, this was very important to them. And I wanted to bring all of that into this industry, into this company, um, to make it, uh, you know, different, create growth and just change the culture uh, completely through technology systems and diversity. Mm -hmm. And what I know about you, just in getting to know you, is this isn't something that you see as limited to your role within Rastigar. You've really taken this on as like a larger mission, if I'm not, you know, taking it out of turn, like this is, this is something that you, I mean, you're on my podcast, right? Not because you want to change the culture of Rastigar, you want to help companies change their culture and getting the message out there. What do you see? Um, well, two things, and I apologize for throwing two questions at you at the same time, but I'm afraid I'll I'll lose them if I don't. One, I'd love to hear about some of the changes you're seeing within Rastigar. And then also, what are some of the challenges you see, not just within Rastigar, but within organizations to creating these cultures of diversity and inclusion? Well, I'm creating the culture. Uh, so have, being in a position of power comes with great responsibility. And we have to use that to create the workplace that we are leading, you know, and set an example for everybody else. And I feel that welcomes people to kind of pause maybe some unconscious bias and, you know, and change themselves to work at a culture that's more driven by the goals of the company versus uh, the people or different people that work in the company. Mm -hmm. And I think just being that example and spreading this message, being vocal, promoting, it aligns other companies to, to see you through your success that is associated with diversity Diversity does create uh, very important changes into making you successful as a company. And what do you see, if you don't mind, I'd love to hear like a ground level story or example of that in action, because I think most people can, you know, hear that and, and nod their heads, you know, like, oh yeah, if our team was more diverse, we could be more successful because we'd get different perspectives and that sort of thing. How are you seeing that play out on the ground level? 
I think it's through hiring and creating a, a culture where we are united by the goals of the company. Everybody's working towards the same goal versus uh, creating a culture of uh, rewarding certain individuals. Uh, it's more goal oriented. And I am big on collaboration versus uh, do, giving uh, individual uh, recognition. Uh, I do feel that anything great that happens, there's always a, a team behind it. And we must appreciate the, the team members of to who made this happen, regardless of, of the individual who gets credit. Absolutely. I, I, I do really hear that. And what you're saying, it's like, it's like the rewards are focused on the goal. They're focused on how did we work together as a team? And, you know, in what you're sharing, I'm really getting the sense that then Rastigar, there is a sense of really embracing this work and the importance of this work. And I was recently on another podcast, the Leadership is Changing podcast um, with Dennis Giannoutsis. And I was sharing how these initiatives, not just diversity and inclusion, but initiatives really have to be a top-down effort. Because if the senior leadership is not embracing it, you will not get middle management to embrace it. And then you won't get the frontline workers to embrace it. So, and what I'm hearing, what you're saying is because the owners of the company are completely behind you and what you're up to in the world. And because you see this work as important and it's easier for you to make these changes, it's easier to just implement these initiatives within organizations if the leaders are behind it. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Uh, you know, it, and I think it's not only it, it's the personality that that is how they are. Naturally, we come from diverse backgrounds. So it's natural for us from the top down to to cultivate and uh, promote that within our uh, company. And can one of the things um, that had been mentioned previously is actually let me go here and then I'll, I'll I'll follow up we were talking before we hit record and I was saying how I was really honored to have you on my podcast because it's so rare for me to be able to find somebody in middle management senior management of an organization to voluntarily come on my podcast to talk about the challenges that we're seeing in the workplace or the initiatives we're trying to enact in the workplace because there could be, you know, some some backlash um, between them and the company or they have to get everything approved through their communications department. There's just this uneasiness about sharing, you know, the challenges and the work that needs to be done in regard to the company. And I, although I know uh, you're in a, a, you have a good relationship with the owners of the company, there's still some scariness, you know, to talk specifically about inclusion and diversity. So I would like, I'd asked you before, but I'd love you to share with the audience, like that, that's a scary thing to do. What what had you decide to move forward with this, to, to, to bring your message outside of Rastigar? 
Well, in, in leadership, you have to be brave. And you can't lead, in my opinion, if you're not yourself. So for me, I, I am true to myself because that's what creates change. And it, it gives uh, the people who might be feeling uh, excluded uh, a voice. You know, it's uh, the position I'm in is to empower other people by being myself and, and being an example of not conforming or uh, to maybe some social norms or the lack of diversity where I could just be myself. Uh, and, and being when you're accepted and you're yourself at a company, uh, it is a great company. That's where you want to be. You don't want to feel you can't be yourself or have your, have your beliefs. Uh, you can't be a part of a team like that. Right. If the company can't accept who you are and is uncomfortable with you talking about who you are as a whole person, then it's not a good fit. You know, especially and- if you're a leader, I feel you can't, you can't lead if you're not yourself. Uh, it's, it's very difficult. It almost, maybe you're not being transparent or hiding something might be picked up and that creates a tone for the, the rest of your team. Absolutely. And bringing it down to ground level, I know there are, you know, many populations that you're behind, but two you're very passionate about are women and members of the LGBTQ community. Now, you're a believer that the lack of access to mentors will affect these two groups' career choices. How is that? Uh, I think when the we don't see ourselves in leadership uh, across different countries, uh, companies, I'm sorry, that we work in. Uh, it makes it very difficult to believe you could achieve something. When you see your face and yourself and who you are and other leaders and other uh, people that you want to become, you know, that creates uh the belief that you could achieve that. So I think it's very important to kind of promote this so you could give them opportunities of of mentorship. Uh, You know, it should be mentorships that are diverse, not just certain individuals. Uh, And at times you might have to make uh, even special uh, maybe training programs and meetings to get to know your staff and ask them, where do you see yourself? Uh, Do you want to be mentored? Sometimes they might be afraid to come in and ask for mentorship. Uh, You know, mentorships are rarely out there like a job post. You're chosen and you're like, you're tapped into, and you know, they're like, hey, we're going to mentor you. We're going to send you over here and everybody around you sees that. And it's very alarming when you see the certain, maybe certain exclusion of certain groups and individuals that don't get mentorships, don't get picked. Uh, and I believe that has to change. 
Yes. And in what you said right off the bat, when you had that slip of saying country instead of company, I was like, yeah, country too. When you don't see yourself in the leadership of the country, yes. that can affect you. But especially if you don't see yourself in the leadership of the company, you may feel like an outsider looking in. So the more we know about our leaders, the more we have opportunities to identify and find commonalities. And I think of mentors as uh, teachers, like you don't just have one mentor for your entire career. There's also an importance to have a diversity of mentors. Now you don't want to have three or four mentors at the same time, because, you know, this, this is a relationship that you, you build and you, you want to gain from the wisdom of that person. It's not about like getting, you know, different opinions on what should I do with my career, but like any relationship, you know, that it lasts for a certain period of time and then you have different needs and that's when it's time to find a different mentor my last thought is I love how you really pointed out like these programs where it just matches somebody up with a random mentor. That's not necessarily, it can work, but it's not always the best way because it's, it is informal, right? You, you, the, it's the mentor and the mentee choose each other. And that's when the relationship is really powerful or the mentee asks, you know, the potential mentor, are you willing to mentor me? Because that's an that that gives that person a lot of honor of being asked that question because what the individual is saying to the potential mentor is i see something about you that i really admire and i want to take on will you teach me how to be like you be or do what you do and that's an amazing experience yeah and you know equally it should be amazing for someone to ask you to mentor them yeah (laughs) you know change the power dynamic uh as leaders um you know i was taught or i was under the kind of uh training throughout the companies of servant leadership so i'm a very selfless leader uh to me there's a great responsibility to give yourself to your your team you know that that's what comes with leadership and it's a lot of uh, request, and it requires your attention. Uh, so it, I do think that there has to be some sort of change where we are given the opportunity to, to where it's an honor to be re- requested as a mentor versus the other way around. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, and I think that's sometimes why mentorship programs don't work per se. It's like everyone's kind of like signing up saying, yes, I'll be a mentor. Yes, I would like to be mentored. But if there's no relationship there initially, you know, and you're, you know, you're just kind of thrown together, then it can just feel like, oh, this is like the weekly staff meeting I go to. Oh, this is a part of that program I'm a part of that I'm supposed to get a benefit from. And it's harder to build that trusting relationship when you're just kind of thrown together as opposed to you were drawn together for some reason. And that's there and that helps bond. Now, Kim, here's the other thing I'm thinking about where, you know, we're talking about diverse individuals. So let's, let's go back to potentially women or those of the LGBTQ community. 
finding themselves in organizations where they feel like, okay, I'm the odd man out, right? So women might be in a, in a predominantly male industry or a member of the LGBTQ community either, you know, doesn't, you know, is looking at their company and saying, I'm the only one, or there are very few of us, you know, and that can cause someone to feel insecure. And I know you're one who, who can say, if you let those insecurities, you know, distract you and derail you, this will affect your potential as a potential. How do they overcome those insecurities when they feel like I'm kind of the odd man out trying to fit in here? I think focusing on your skills, on your experience, uh, dedicated to the projects. I feel that regardless of uh, those circumstances, when you are, uh, when you're dedicated to the projects and the job, you will succeed. I do believe that uh, being uh, experienced and being able to add you know, great uh, discussions towards the collaboration of uh, adding value and creating successes in the company does does succeed over your sexuality or your gender. Uh, I do feel that companies do appreciate that and and do recognize that for, for promotion. So I feel you have to be dedicated to your job and be passionate about the company and the objectives and the vision versus maybe your emotions of things you disagree with. Yeah. Or maybe like, I don't feel like I'm necessarily hanging out with my people here. You know, it's about focusing on what you're, what you're trying to accomplish as a team, like going back to that, like, what are we trying to accomplish as a team? And the other thought I'm having, and I see, you know, if you let, if you follow that path and let it play out, you could be the trailblazer in the company, much like you, Kim, where you're the trailblazer in the company, and then you can turn around and impact the culture. Right. And then also say, we need an initiative where we're hiring more diverse individuals, people who bring different perspectives to the table and maybe see the world a little bit differently than we do. You also have to be prepared for conflict. I mean, there are people in other positions of power who are your colleagues who may disagree with you. And that's where you have to stand up and speak. And there might be some disagreements, but uh, I do believe that the right companies, good companies always do the right thing. And in general, having diversity, in my opinion, is 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 historically does make companies successful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And lastly, one thing <laughs> we were kind of chatting about um, before hitting record, and I, you know, I apologize to the listeners. I just get so excited talking to my guests about what we're potentially going to talk about. And we start sharing, we just end up hitting on things that I'm like, okay, when we hit record, I want to come back to this. And it was the whole concept that, you know, sometimes women and members of the LGBTQ community have to work harder than others in their roles. So talk about that. I I think we do have to work harder because of our own insecurities in our career. 
there's unconscious bias from different backgrounds. Maybe there is a, a power minority that you don't uh, kind of ad- identify with. Then you do have to work harder to kind of highlight yourself, you know, and I think that gets respect and recognition where you are going that extra step, maybe, uh, you know, putting the extra metrics in a presentation, knowing your, uh, what you're talking about because you've studied uh, each project, each task, each uh, uh, skill. Uh, to be honest with you, for me to, to put myself in a, in a position to be promoted, I became a hands-on technical expert. So I learned all the systems uh, of the company, uh, technical aspects, just to kind of have that extra edge. Uh, I became extremely knowledgeable in, in every aspect of every company I've ever worked for. And uh, that got recognized and, uh, you know, putting in that extra work only made me better. You know, I don't see it as something, oh, I had to work harder than everybody else. I, I am, you know, very knowledgeable and I've gotten a lot of experience and I was lucky enough to, to be in a position to meet the, the right person who said, you know, recognize my qualities and that hard work to be like, I want you to, to join my company and be a, a COO here to kind of pass that on to, to our uh, future generations that will work here and the team now. Yeah. And you may have to work harder, but it's not that that hard work will go to waste. Correct. And, it, and at some point by like what I'm, what I'm hearing, what you're saying is by laying the groundwork, eventually yes. it'll get to a point where you don't have to work harder than everybody else around you. You can, if you want to, right. If you're ambitious and you, you want to have that knowledge, that expertise and that standing within the company, you certainly can, but it won't be required as much anymore. And I totally hear what you're saying because there is an unconscious bias in both men and women. Yes. Cause this, this, this is not gender specific, but there's an unconscious bias against women in particular that they are incompetent or not as competent as the men sitting at the table. So there is this initial drive. I know that women have where I have to prove my competence because it's assumed it's not as strong as a male sitting at the table, which is the unconscious bias right now. And and we're definitely doing work to break that down. But in the meantime, you know, I think it's just like any, almost like, um, I may be way off and, and and if I am, Kim, correct me, but it's almost like when you're an immigrant coming to a new com- a, co- a new country and you do have to work hard to put down roots and establish yourself and, and to build a life there. It's almost that same thing that sometimes if, if you're um, a minority population within a company, there's this sense of like, okay, I have to work hard to put down roots and establish myself and build a life within this company so that people see what I have to offer. Yes, that's true. You know, it's a, it's a very good, uh, good example of that. Uh, But, you know, naturally some people like to work harder. Uh, Some don't, you know, it's uh, you have a choice to decide who you want to be, how hard you want to work that comes within you, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, there's, uh, 
it's best to focus what's within us. I've always been that type of person who works within myself uh, to kind of be better to versus looking for any uh, external validation or uh, of who, how hard I'm working or what are the results. I feel that, you know, because you're in control of it. I want changes. I want the company to be successful. So I'm going to do the work uh, and the team, you know, will will follow that when they see you working that way. It, it all goes back to its perspective and framing, right? Is this a challenge or is this an opportunity? And if you look at it as an opportunity, you don't suffer around it. Now, I'm sure there are people listening who would love to find out more about you and get in touch with you. What is the best way for those listening to get in contact with you? Uh, I think, uh, you know, you could email me through our company page, uh, rastigarproperty.com or my LinkedIn, uh, Kimberly Langers. I'm the CEO of Rastigar Property Company. They could reach out. Amazing. And for those of you listening, you know, you can find all the links uh, to Kim's episode on her show notes page. It's going to be at womentakingthelead.com forward slash Kim dash Langers. And that's L-A-N. G-E-R-S, or you can just put Kim's name in the search bar and her show notes page will pop right up. That's usually easiest to do. And Kim, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Oh, thank you so much. It was a pleasure uh, coming on your show. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson, so here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.